Welcome to the ride. Life, Work, and Wealth podcast with your host, Chris Rowe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, an IROC dealer. Let's get to it. Your parents, or parent, are getting older. And for any number of reasons, living alone is no longer feasible. Have you looked into the options and decided the best situation would be for them to move in with you? I'm Patrice Sikora, and in this episode, your host, Chris DeRoe, will review five areas you should consider when coming to your conclusion. All right, Chris, let's start from the beginning. What is a good first step? Thanks, Patrice. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump into that. So uh, you and I have actually chatted about this before, but uh, yeah, at some point, many adult children will face that reality of caring for elderly parents, and if a loved one can no longer live on their own, it's not the only option, but it is one option is having them move into your home. So how do you know if this arrangement is right for you and your family? Well, today I want to reflect on some of those simple points, as you mentioned, to think about before your parents essentially become roommates. Um, mm-hmm. I also, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also want to add that maybe your parents are still completely like they're com- independent and that it works out best for both of you to have the movement. It doesn't always have to just necessarily be that they're not healthy and moving in. And elderly parents, like I said, it's it can be a very big benefit, which we'll go over too as well, if, if everything's good. You and I were just chatting about this, that if there's just really two important things, is if they don't have health and don't have money, those are two things where it's going to be more planning needs to be involved. Or if they have health and have money, then great. It makes things obviously a lot easier. And I'll say this right I'll say this right up front. I am going through this. My mother will be moving in with me, but I'm thankfully I've, I'm in a situation where she has resources and she has her health. What is not good are her knees. Her knees are shot and she lives in a house with lots of steps. So, and it's an hour away from me and from my sister. So we are uh, pretty much on the same, the same page here. Yeah, no. And that's, that's great. And that's another thing we'll go over with siblings and that, but we, we actually have been having um, some clients sell their homes due to these COVID prices since they're so high and that they're now moving into their adult children's home to capitalize on the higher COVID prices, but also help some of the, it's, they're actually the opposite. They're moving in to help their adult children because the adult children are having difficulty with finances. So then the parents are moving in to help them be able to, uh, work things out better financially as well for the, for the, for the parents selling at the higher prices is great because they're capitalizing on it. But then now by moving in, they no longer have to maintain such a large house and they're more free to travel South in the winter and stay in the cottage in the summer. That's some of the scenarios of our clients. And yeah, also too, is that some parents and some of the, the adult children, they don't mind the arrangement as well because like uh, you and I were chatting before you said your mom lives about an hour away they want to have their parents closer and also yes the vaccines here but it's definitely still in everyone's mind if there's more lockdowns or restrictions they don't want to go that long again with 
not being able to help or see their parents. So we've had a lot of that come up um, in the last little bit, just due to the current environment with COVID and everything else. What, what about siblings though? Where, where should you be with siblings? You asked the first, uh, first point is, and this is exactly uh, including the siblings is point number one, or first thing you should do is definitely have a family meeting. So it is good to have an open and honest discussion first with your parents. And of course, other family members on, is this time right for your parents living situation to now change? And family meetings with your parents, spouse, children, siblings, and other key people will just help everyone share their views, and it will help everyone decide how best to proceed. Basically, what is the current family dynamics to your parents, siblings, spouse, children, all that stuff? Is there any positive or negative feelings about your parents or other family members that will play a role in the decision? Really, everyone needs to be, this is the chance for everyone just to be honest and you want to make sure that the decision is being made for the right reasons, and not because of guilt or obligation coming from other family members pushing you to because you live closer to mom and dad, or you have the more flexible job, or your kids are older, all that stuff. And the other thing is, if there's unresolved conflicts with, say, siblings or other family members, or obviously your parents, this would be a good time to get that sorted out. I I really don't suggest just ignoring that and having your parents moving in and expecting these long-time conflicts just to magically go away. Like basically, if you're, a couple examples, like if you're grinding your teeth when your parents come over and after an hour, you're thinking of ways to get out of the house, probably not best that your parents or in-laws move in. And um, <laughs> every family has conflict. And, but if your parents are both miserable when like if you and your parents are both miserable when you get together for ex- extended periods of times or holidays or vacations and you can't wait for that week to be over probably best to pursue other options than having them move in actually i do have one situation there not my family but in my neighborhood they built an entire addition onto the house for her parents but her father did not get on with her husband at all now they knew they didn't get along well but living in the same house whoa, the parents ended up moving back out. I have had clients that moved provinces to help their daughter and they moved in with the daughter and the son-in-law and their grandchildren. And I've got quite a good relationship with them. And each time I would call them, I could just tell, but they, they lived upstairs. The the son-in-law lived upstairs and they didn't want to speak too loudly and I could just tell by their behavior that it was not a good environment. And um, I started saying, you need to call me when they're at work because I want to be able to speak to you and let's start figuring things out. And you don't have to say anything. I can just sense that this isn't going well. And he was actually being like mentally abusive to them. And they had never seen that. They just hadn't been around him that much because it'd be quick burst, right? They live out of province. They'd come stay for a few days and all that. It was a total different story. Once they uh, they moved in and caught it, like really bad scenario. Anyways, they have now moved out on their own, got a condo, and you can just tell the difference in their um, the, just their stress levels and happiness. So it's it, but I have many clients where it works very well as well. So it's just it's dependent. You just ha- there's a lot of things to think about. You don't want to just jump into it. That's for sure. Let's I'll touch on the siblings thing. So. If you have siblings, things you have to be asking yourself is, is there going to be jealousy if they move in with you, if, if your parents move in with you? 
this would need to be addressed since we've had some scenarios of clients where this is the case. And really the main point is I keep touching on here is for everyone just to be really open, honest, and see if it's even a potential option. Because maybe after this meeting, it kills the option, or maybe it just opens things up to another family meeting, or if everyone is on board, you can start proceeding down the checklist. The thing is just that everyone in the family has had a chance to speak up and be informed of what's going on and not be left out in the dark. So down the road, your sister comes back and is upset. You're like, well, we had a, we had a meeting about this. You had a chance to speak up in that versus, well, we just, sorry, mom and I died. Mom and dad and I had a chat. We thought it'd be best and they're just going to move in. So it just alleviates that. Uh, second point is what kind of care will your parents need at this stage? Obviously, if your parents are healthy and independent, that is more the ideal time for them to move in. As we, you and I just touched Patrice on, if, you have, if they have money and health, perfect time to move in. It doesn't have to be when things are going bad for them to move in. They can get accustomed to the new surroundings then and will initially require little care from you or other family members. And they can even help out with like things like cooking dinner some nights, watching your kids, mowing the grass, that type of thing. And as well, the grandkids get a time in their life to really get to know grandma and papa, which is priceless as they're healthy and there and, and everything else. There's a huge value in that. However, many people don't consider that elderly parents moving in until they start to have problems. Like basically most people, majority of the time, it's elderly parents moving in when they start to have health problems or a crisis of some sort, that's kind of more the norm. Just you're having a reaction to the situation. So you have to figure something out and that's when the parents start to move in or the option starts to bounce around. If the parent does have an illness or health condition, it's really important for you to know that condition very, very well because you're going to be dealing with it. And it's not just what the illness is like today, but you need to kind of look at and educate yourself what will it look like six months, a year, two years, five years down the road? And what care will be required then? Like, even if the parents just start to slow down and they don't necessarily have health issues yet, it's just good to anticipate what health issues may arise due to their current lifestyle. Are they very inactive right now? Is there, do they have unhealthy habits? What's the family history? Like, just some things to kind of give you an idea to kind of crash test what will be needed down the road. Because that actually does bring us to the next question, then you're looking ahead and you really should have some kind of idea of what role you will need to play health-wise in the future. Yeah. So that is number three, just basically figuring out or, or pre-planning how much assistance can I provide or we my, or as a family unit provide to mom and dad or mom. All right. And when I'm talking about elderly parents, I'm just kind of using it, like, but it could be an uncle and it could be anyone. But we're just for the theme of this, we're talking about parents. And then a lot of a lot of times it's mom or dad, one of them passes away, and now the one's alone, and you have one of them move in. So it this applies to all of that. And basically, yeah. So how much assistance can you provide when considering if this transition's a good fit? It's important to really be to be realistic on the assistance that you're going to be able to provide them. And you really need to be realistic here about what you can and can't do. And realize the level of assistance your parents is going to, the, the level of assistance they're going to need, it's going to increase, not decrease or stay the same. It's eventually going to go up. And of course, it, 
most likely won't happen overnight, but it's inevitable that they one day will require more help. So you need to be aware of that. And is there someone else in the home that could assist if needed, such as your spouse or your children? And in regard to your children, what age are they at? Since if they are young and they still need you a ton, and now your parents are moving in and they need assistance, well, welcome to the sandwich generation because now you're right in the middle of that. That's what that is. That is, And it's a, it's a very growing issue for adults with elderly parents and young ch- children. If the kids are older and they can help with chores and also help with their grandparents as needed, well, obviously that's going to make things easier. So just a bunch of things to think about. Now, also with your work schedule, do you have flexibility if mom or dad has an emergency or they need you right away? Is that, is that even possible? Does your spouse have flexible hours? Something to note here too is in our new world is many people are working from home as we all know. You got to set boundaries. And this is coming from experience of clients that have gone this route. And what I mean by that is if your parents move in and they see a home all day, they need to know during certain hours that they only get you if it's important or an emergency. It's the same thing as kids, right? They're, That's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. There needs to be boundaries since we've had some clients say, oh, love my mom to death, but she keeps coming into my home, home office <laughs> all the time to chat about the neighbors or simple things that she just, and she doesn't get that I'm, I'm home, but I'm not just working. A, I'm, I'm working. not just working a bit. Like yeah. I, I'm working just as much as before. I'm just working at home. So my work environment has changed. And she's like, I feel bad because she's bored and she just wants to come in and talk and tell me some simple things, but I can't because I'm working. Not sure if people have seen them or not, but I know, um, or some of the listeners, if you've seen some of these or not, but I know contractors who now they build these little offices that are the size of like a garden shed. Um, out in the backyard. And they're very nice. Like I say shed, but I'm just trying to give you an idea of the size of it. But there's Bluetooth speakers, a desk, soundproof. They're very, very nice. And some people have done paid for this to have that separate place to work off. Like you're still home, but it's just that separate place to kind of help create those boundaries more. So I just definitely wanted to touch on that because that's obviously a newer issue with uh, more people working from home. Another important thing is here is to know your limits. So if it gets to a point where a parent needs assistance with one of the activities of daily living, and if you have elderly parents, you might get used to that term. They call them the six ADLs. Once again, activities of daily living, because it's basically an assessment that once you can't do one or two or three of these, obviously it starts to become a problem. So these six uh, ADLs are bathing, dressing, eating, transferring, toileting, and continence, all fun stuff. So you basically, if your parents start to not be able to do some of those, you may need to find a homemade and that's okay. You don't have to go with this alone just because they're in your house. There is resources that can still help even though they're in your house. And another important thing is you must still have time to take care of yourself. I'm going to really stress that. Um, And we have just seen that from parents with children with disabilities, elderly parents. It's just so important that you still try to to not try. You have to schedule time in to take care of yourself, to still exercise, go out, engage in your hobbies and et cetera, because it's important that you care for the caregiver who is you. All that taking into account, we're still back to the home. It's space. 
you were talking about putting an office out in the back. That sounds like a great idea, actually. But how about preparing your home for your parents? How much should you do? Yeah. So how you will prepare your home for your elderly parents is another point to think about because you can't just necessarily leave it exactly the way that it is. You're moving to one or person into your home. So these physical, like the living arrangements, they must be adequate for your parents to move in. Like if you're in a super small space and you think you're just going to make it work and jam everyone in, it's not going to work long-term. There must be enough room for everyone in a layout that's adaptable to an older adult. For example, if you have multiple, and Patrice, we were talking about this with, with, with your mom, right? Is if you have multiple levels and your parents need to climb three sets of stairs to get in their room and then go down two sets of stairs for the kitchen and bathroom. Not an option here. Not no, an option. Not going to work. The home, and you may need, and you, you can speak probably better than this than I can because you're going through rentals, but the homes may need some small rentals or special adaptations to make it safe for your parents. And some of these are can, can be inexpensive, but some can be expensive, such as a handrail in the bathtub, not much money, but compared to an electric lift up and down the stairs, big difference. And there's resources here that can do home assessments and come in and help figure out what you need in terms of modification, all that. But I, I believe, Patrice, you were just said, mentioning you're going through some rentals for this. Yeah, I, she will be living on the first level of the house, um, doing a, a bedroom, bathroom ensemble for her. We, we had a, an addition already. We're just changing it around a little bit and taking the garage and making that into her living room. So it's not huge renovations because the space is already here, but it will give her the living space she needs on the first level. Although my office is on the first level, so I'm paying close attention to what you're saying. Oh, so, so the, your mom going to be jumping on podcasts with us then? I don't know. <laughs> you have to set some limits here, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then, I'll, well, let, that's, that's actually another point that I have is that it's important to be thinking of things such as privacy, like, like especially with your spouse and yourself and everything else. You, you still have to have your own privacy. That's important because I, I had one client. It was the wife's parents moving in and he was kind of venting me. He's like, I love my wife to death, but he goes, we argue a lot and it's healthy. But he goes, now, if her mom's living with me, I'm going to be scared <laughs> to argue. Like, what am I supposed to do? Schedule a time to leave and we go for a drive and argue in the car in the park and then come back? Like, so it's just everyone's going to have different concerns. And that's why there still needs to be enough room in those areas for there is privacy. And like things like we've heard, like I've had some of these, which aren't necessarily the best scenarios, but like where your kid, like maybe your kids have to give up a room and start sharing with a sibling. Well, how are they going to feel about that? Probably not going to enjoy that long term. Do you have pets? Do your parents have pets? Are they alert? If you have pets and they don't, is there allergies? And if there's big dogs that could trip them and all that stuff, how's all that going to work? Is there only one or two bathrooms? Most ideal is that your parents or elderly parent has their own dedicated bathroom, especially if you have teenagers and other kids. Um, <laughs> definitely going to make things easier. So I'm just scratching the surface here. There's so many other things to think about in regards to layout and how logistics will work, but I'm just trying to give some people some things to think of that they may not have thought of yet. And yet you still haven't touched on probably what comes to people's minds most often finances. Yeah. So that's a big, yeah. one. Is, is that yeah. so moving parents in, it's definitely not going to make, if, 
if they're not contributing that, obviously it's not going to make things cheaper because you have more people in the house. So utilities and groceries are going to increase among other things. Maybe you might not be able to work as much or take all that extra overtime because now your parents need assistance. Well, assistance. Well, now that's going to impact your finances. Are your parents going to be paying rent? And if so, have you spoken to other siblings about this to make sure everyone's on the same page back to the siblings? Like they, you want to do all of this definitely before not move them in and try and figure it out later because it's going to cause a lot more friction. We've, we've had some scenarios where the parents did not have much money and our clients took them in and his sibling, his brother agreed to, he goes, Hey, I'll pay for like each month. I'll help pay for mom and dad because they're living in your house. They're not living in mine. And I feel bad, but I, I live X amount of hours away and I will try and contribute. That's just another scenario. So if you're choosing to not have your parents pay for anything, another thing is to take into consideration is your spouse on board. Because we've had some scenarios where let's say the husband is like, well, I want my parents to move in. I can't like, they bailed me out of jail when I was a kid and they did this, they did that. They've done everything for me. And that's great. And that you can totally understand why they want to help their parents out. But then the spouse, those same parents weren't exactly the nicest to this, to his wife. So you can see where I'm going with this. Is she on board? Because you, you have to have those conversations. And there's no single right or wrong way to handle finances in these scenarios. Your family needs to decide what will work best for everyone. And then come to a financial agreement with your parents before making the decision to have them move in. I'm going to keep repeating that. This won't necessarily be easy because money can be an emotionally charged topic in some families. And to avoid problems or resentments later, you just have to have these discussions up front. Are there any resources for a mediator? Do you know of any? There is. Um, there's. I was. I'll, I was going to touch on that at the end, but it, it, you're perfect. You're bringing it up now. Is that there is many resources for this. We have an aging population here in Canada. There's more and more resources becoming available every year, and there is companies that can get get involved in this to be mediators and offer resources and, and education and advice. I've sat in some family meetings and. I didn't even have to actually say very much. Some I'm doing a lot of the talking, but I kind of just want to sit back because sometimes the siblings in that aren't clients. Sometimes the entire families are clients. So I know the personalities and sometimes I'll sit there and just listen. But because you're there as that neutral resource, it's, it makes people feel a little bit more comfortable as well too. Um, and it can kind of, keep some people in check. I remember one family meeting, they wanted me in there just because the brother-in-law had a hot head and they thought, well, he's never met you. He will be more calm if you're in the room. I'm like, no problem. Should I bring boxing gloves? Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It actually wasn't bad at all. Um, But so yeah, you want to come to agreement with your parents and figure all that out. I always recommend that with these, that these changes that your parents, as well as you, do a cash flow check. And what I mean by that is you fill in a monthly cash flow form to see where are you at with the money coming in and going out. Um, if you're going to be paying more or your parents can't help or they will help, what? how does that change your cash flow? Whenever your situation changes, it's good to review your cash flow. And as listeners have heard me say before, if you go to my website, threehatsfinancial.ca, top right corner, you'll see a resource tab. Just click on that and there's a cash flow form if you need one to either print or just simply save to your desktop. 
So it's good for both of you to do that on both sides. Because like I guess, as I mentioned, whenever a situation changes, you just want to do a cash flow check just to have an idea. It's always healthy to be able to be doing that. Later on too, uh, this is definitely not the main reason to have your parents move in. But if they're, if it's an option that's going to work, well, you might as well get what you can from the government. So then you'd want to speak to your accountant about being able to maybe claim the caregiver credit and things like that. Now I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to go to the opposite side of this. So what I mean by that is in regards to finances, we've had some clients where by having the parents move in, it was they were actually able to pool their resources and come up with a better living arrangement for everyone. So they were actually able, the adult children were able to buy a larger home on our, our larger rural property that had a completely separate apartment for the parents above the, the, two, the, two, the shop. And it worked out way better because the adult children wanted to move rural, but they couldn't afford a house that size. And the parents were like, well, we'll help chip in and get our own place in the country. And we don't have to worry about grass and everything else. And it was just a perfect scenario for everybody. And the parents were moving in because of any health or money issues. It just was a scenario that just worked out well for everyone. So it doesn't, it's not all doom and gloom by any means. But now let's go to that scenario once again, Patrice with siblings. So if that's the case, that needs to be discussed with the siblings because when the parents get older and pass away and now they've put money down or put equity into a home that you're now living on that now, how does that become part of the estate? Um, they put money down 10 years ago, the property value has gone up. Like it, all that stuff has to be addressed through will lawyer. And once again, just a lot of open discussion. So everyone's on the same page. Yeah. I was going to ask, it definitely should be in some kind of, of will or bequest something. This should be in writing so that everyone sees it in black and white and no one can come back later on and say, as you say, well, I didn't know about this. So that's really it. Now, maybe after these five things that we've spoken about today, your parents or you quickly realize, uh, you know what, maybe this isn't the best option. That's not a bad thing. That's good that you have had the discussion. Now, you know, okay, scratch that option off. We now need to be looking at other options. You're, you're now further ahead. Or maybe this has helped you both decide, you know what, this seems to be the right route to go at this time. So let's start planning to have them move in. Um, if you decide that it's not the best route to go, there is other options. Your parents can still just simply live to just still live alone and are live independently, but, uh, in their same home. And we're having a lot more elderly clients do that because there is more resources and with technology and things like that, it is making it easier to stay in your home longer. And there's also community services such as home care and all that can come help them stay in there as long as possible. And maybe instead of the big move of them moving in, you live close enough that you can just simply commit more time to visit them and helping them around their house more if you can. Just it, 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 There's a whole bunch of options here. Um, this is the firefighter paramedic in me is that I, I really stress that you get medical assist devices in case they fall or need help. The technology and how much those have, have improved is significant. So those are, are very valuable resources to definitely have. But there's one issue there that's getting them to wear them. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't yeah. do you any good when it's on the counter over there, mom. No. <laughs> um, or another option is the next step would be if that's not 
uh, not an option and they need more assistance, they move to a retirement community. And an in- independent retirement communities, they usually offer individual apartments or in a multi-unit type setting. And they'll have group meals, transportation, housekeeping, like all kinds of other services and numerous uh, organized social like and enrichment activities that people can just free to come and go. Um, it's not a prison. Like it's, it's, I know my grandmother was terrified of anything you even mentioned about a retirement community or any of that. Um, it's not like that. There's different levels of it. But if they need more assistance, then you have the assisted living options that provide a home environment with care services included. Um, and these services may include like the assistance with those ADLs we were talking about, dressing, bathing, grooming, medication. Um, they're adaptable to their changing care needs and additional services can be added at any time. So those assisted living services or, or options provide the support they need. Um, so that's just another option as well. Give, give us your website again, Chris, unless there was there something else we needed to cover here? Uh, just I, I, you're going through it much more than I have, but I, I personally had a bit of a taste of this a couple of years ago. I had my parents live with me for close to a year when their house was being built. And uh, Tina, my wife and I, we actually lived for close to a year with my in-laws at a different time when we had sold our house and we're, we're waiting to find a, a, the perfect house. So I kind of did it on both ends there and both times it worked out, but like anything, there was just that initial adjustment that took a, took a few weeks. Like you're having someone move into your home. There's going to be a bit of friction initially until everyone adjusts and it's normal. Some habits your parents have may always bother you a bit and vice versa. Like I going back to being a firefighter a long time ago, you had 24 hour shifts and it wasn't someone moving in permanently, but you had your crew for years. You, you spent a lot of time with those, with those girls and guys and you, you knew them very well. It was, I just, I mean, it, it, the experience was you, now you get someone new. It was just, it was, it was a little, a little weird at first, right? Cause you know, your crew and then now you just have this new person coming in and it usually worked, but there was just an adjustment period and we do some things that would bother them and they do some things that bothered us and it, it all adjusted, but that's just, that's just a 24 hour shift. That's not permanent. So it, there's definitely going to be some friction, but I will tell you though, the memories that my kids had by having their grandparents so close was absolutely priceless. They, they still talk about, and that, that was, well, it was over, it was probably about 10 years ago. And my two oldest kids still talk about it. So that's ap- absolutely priceless. And also the other benefit is it feels good to be able to help your parents out since like the, the, the amount that might help me over my childhood and that, it, that was nothing having them move in for a year. It's the least I could do. So it felt good to do that. It felt good to see my kids see us help them out. Um, so there's a lot of good things there for it. There, and then, yeah, that's basically it. The five tips. And like I said, this is just scratching the surface. There's so many resources out there that can come into your home and assess everything and put a plan in place. Some of these resources, they help assist seniors in like managing lifestyle crisis caused by health or a loss of a partner or social isolation, which is a big one with COVID. So if any of the listeners, if you want information on some of these companies that perform these services, just, yeah, just contact us, of course, at our website, threehatsfinancial.ca. And that's it, Patrice. That's a lot, Chris. That's a lot. Thanks a lot. A lot of thoughtful planning is going to have to take place here for a smooth transition, but you can do it. Talk to Chris 
And again, thanks for tackling this topic. For more great episodes of The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth, follow this podcast and make sure to share it with friends and by all means, in this case, family. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.